Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're so excited. We've got some really great content for you today. This is going to be one of those episodes that I think is going to be very enlightening for a lot of people, uh, a window into the world of one of our hosts. Uh, Alberto is going to kind of spill his guts, give us his uh, life story, tell us all of his secrets, you know, all that. And it's going to be really great to hear uh, how he has taken control of his life uh, using keto, using uh, other just methodologies to try to uh, gain health and freedom uh, from a life of potential always being on meds. So we're going to get dig deeper into that as we go. Uh, as always, this week we have Jim hanging out uh, and Alberto. Say hi, guys. Hello, hello. What's going on? So that's the question is what's going on this week? What uh, Any happenings this week in the, the keto world for you guys or, or anything like that? Um, I'm going to throw out real quick. Uh, so the Keto Man's Club, uh, for our listeners who've been following us through this journey, uh, started out as a Facebook group and we're crossing um, into we're 2,300, 2,400 uh, members of the group right now. And each time we hit a, a hundred uh, member add-on, a, a new marker, we change up the header image of the group on Facebook to reflect some of the accomplishments and uh, sizes change size changes and things of the members and so that's been happening like every few weeks or so as we add that next hundred uh members but we've in the last 10 days or so we had a big spurt of uh guys come on board and consequently we're getting ready to update that again and seeing these updated photos from our members has been pretty remarkable the changes physically emotionally all of that um for the guys who are following the ketogenic way of eating um it's just been pretty amazing. Um, I don't know if it's the spring weather that's bringing it all out. Um, the hashtag free the keto nipple is just raring to go nonstop. So I've been thrilled to see the successes of um, our members and participants in the last few weeks, especially. Yeah, it's been really great. I added another person just today. In fact, he uh, posted on his personal feed. I've been friends with him on Facebook uh, for a while. And I'm like, dude, why have I not gotten Ron on here? So we we got Ron on here. He's going to be one of those guys that I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to have to work hard to get him on the podcast because he's, he's got one of the, he's one of those guys that he'll, he'll jump on and, and do uh, pretty much anything to spread the good word. But he, uh, uh, he, he's going to be one of those that I'm going to drag, drag in, do anything possible Wonderful. to get him on yeah he, he's a really great guy and we've got a lot of those uh, that have joined recently and so that's really exciting to see the growth it's really exciting to see uh, that even with the growth the environment inside of our group continues to be camaraderie man's men supporting other men and just in general everything that we've hoped that this would be for us so absolutely that's been, yeah that's been really great uh alberto how about your world anything new uh 
keto world is a keto world, man. I live it. So it's <laughs> after a while, it's just, it's just regular life, man. It's just another day. Uh, I am familiar with Ron. He is not a stranger to the podcast world. He's, he's a fascinating, fascinating character. So it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch him interact. And I, I, and I, and it's like one of those things where he's just the kind of guy where like, I, I feel like the man's club may have just gained a whole lot of class just by the presence of one person. <laughs> so it's like, it's, he's like his presence there is like, okay, now I got to watch my language. There's like, there's like a real gentleman in the house now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is. He, he's, he's a, a Bible believing, uh, unabashed Christian. And, and, but he's, he's just really down to earth. Uh, I've, uh, the interactions that I've had with him have been really awesome. And so absolutely. I agree. Um, in my world, I got a keto K E Y T O uh, breath uh, ketone meter uh, about a week ago, and I've uh, I put it through its paces in the last week, and it does actually do a pretty good job. And so um, I'll probably talk more about it in in the future. But I intentionally kicked myself out of ketosis because the readings were so high that I'm like, okay, this thing's broken. So <laughs> I, I spent, really, you know, I, yeah, I got it on Indi- Indiegogo whenever it was still just getting started, and um, and whatnot. So the readings were just so high. I'm like, okay, I'm really really skeptical. So I intentionally had a couple carb up days um, and made sure that I kicked myself thoroughly out of ketosis and guess it tracked that with about uh, 24 hours lag actually which was interesting you're I, I'm not sure I'd have to look into it but the acetone it picks up on the acetone in your breath is what it's doing and uh, I'm, I'm curious as to how long it takes your body to create acetone as a result of a ketone thing like if that's if it if 24 hours of delay is uh, normal with that or what. Uh, but yeah, within about 24 hours, I was starting to see a drop and it dropped all the way down and I'm starting to get right back up. I scored a six out of 10 earlier and uh, maybe even a seven actually. Um, and the nice thing is it's not bl- a blood test that I have to prick my finger for with expensive strips uh, and things like that. I can use it as many times as I want to. Um, and uh, it takes about a minute and a half, two minutes to charge up and it's good to go. So that's been a cool little new tool that I brought into my arsenal uh, because I'm one of those guys that likes data. Um, so for me, more tracking, uh, the better. I just don't keep up with it very well. So that's why I use applications and toys uh, to, to keep track of them for me. <laughs> okay. So, well, I, yeah. I'm curious. I'm going to ask one thing, John, because I know we're, we're going to talk about it you know, on another show, but is it is it for an individual or can it be used by multiple people? And the reason that it, this mm-hmm. is coming to my mind is I had to, uh, my cardiologist recently suggested I get a blood pressure monitor and you can set it for more than one person kind of thing so mm-hmm. it will track. And I was curious if yours is one individual or more than one. It comes with four different uh, like mouthpieces to blow into. And uh-huh. it, it the first thing that it does is as you're going through um, the process is it tells you to turn on your phone. So like if my wife wanted to use it, you could, uh, she would queue up the app, hit the connect to, she'd hit the, the power on button on the keto and uh-huh. it would uh, pair up with her phone and do the thing. And then next time that I want to use it, I put my mouthpiece on and use it and do the same thing with my phone. And so multiple people can use it. It's not dialed in for just one person. Great. Wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, well, um, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, today we are diving into the life of Alberto and trying to dig into his story as best as we can. So uh, we've already kind of gotten some of the basics. You don't have to go too in-depth into them if you don't want to. But uh, Alberto, kind of uh, do a quick summary as a recap, if nothing else, on who you are, where you got your start, uh, and all of that. Right on, we can do that. Uh, my actual name, <laughs> sorry, with my real name, <laughs> my real name is Alberto, A-L-B-E-R-T-O, Casillas Jr., uh, obviously, father is senior, parents are still around, uh, grew up in the north suburbs of Chicago uh, my whole life, um, after I started working, spent a year in Minnesota, two years in Detroit, and uh, now the last few years, and probably forever here in Austin, Texas, uh, things are going good down here, uh, pretty much chasing the almighty dollar everywhere I've moved. Uh, parents are still around. Parents are still together. You know, uh, they were first generation, should say they moved here. So I'm first generation. Me and my two sisters are first generation. And I what, what I would call a normal childhood because I didn't know any different. But, you know, looking back, there weren't very many Hispanics around. So it, compared to the other neighbor, kids in the neighborhood, it probably wasn't a normal childhood. But I didn't know any better. So it was, you know, nothing stuck out, nothing out of the ordinary. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not a whole lot to go by there. I mean, interesting childhood, small town, suburbia, I guess it would be almost, you know, your picture-perfect little neighborhood until I uh, graduated high school and decided I uh, needed to find, like, a real job and tried schooling. Schooling was not my gig. Uh, kind of stumbled into, into painting cars. You know, my dad's in the industry. My uncles are all in the industry, mechanics, and dad's worked on cars ever since he came up here. So kind of stumbled into painting cars, and I went to a vocational school. Hated every minute of it, every, every minute, hated it, couldn't stand it, couldn't stand it. And then they put a paint gun in my hand and it was like the light at the end of the tunnel just got bright really, really, really fast. And it was like one of those things where you just have that moment where you're like, you're holding this thing in your hand and you're like, okay, this is what I was meant to do. And, and from that point on, uh, believe it or not, weightlifting and cooking are not my passions. <laughs> what I, what I am truly, truly passionate about is painting cars. I love painting cars. Uh, you know, I love the industry. I, I love everything I've been able to accomplish within the industry. Like I, I truly, truly enjoy my job, which, which I'm finding as I get older is uh, it's pretty rare actually. But, but no, I love what I do. I love the people I work with. Uh, I, I look forward to going to work every day. Uh, it, it's challenging. It's never the same day twice. And then I get off on that. It's great. So I, I, I know we're going to talk about all the keto and everything, but you obviously love this car painting world that you are in. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing. I mean, are you doing, if somebody has a wreck and you're matching it up to look brand spanking new, just like the rest, are you doing custom design, custom artwork, all the above? What all, what all do you do? Yeah, and if I if I get too far down this rabbit hole, I mean we're talking car paint here. You guys are you guys are you guys are asking for it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm give saying. I'm gonna give you 90 <laughs> seconds on my watch. <laughs> okay, so so uh, basically my specialty is is uh, it, it, it's collision insurance work. So basically you crash a car, you take it to a body shop, you call your insurance company, that body shop takes it in, fixes the car, right. repairs it. it. Obviously along the process, it's got to get painted. That's where I come in. Uh, my whole career has been has been pretty much based around what we would call collision refinishing. Uh, uh, that's where most of my spraying has been done. I, I still do a little bit of custom work on the side. I still teach custom work on the side. Uh, I do a lot of, uh, the clear coating work for a lot of local artists around here as part of like a little side gig. But uh, yeah, the bulk of it is, is I spend most of my time in body shops, uh, either troubleshooting, uh, matching hard colors, uh, teaching new techniques or just, uh, trying to get painters 
to be a little more efficient because in this in this industry it's all about commission you know if you're not working you're not getting paid so yeah in the mm-hmm. blue collar industries you, you don't make money you earn it so so i i help these guys out and then if i find a new technique i spread the word I'll, I'll get in the booth and spray if these guys go on vacation or if they're off to a training school or whatever i have no problem stepping in the booth and and, and keeping the skills sharp because it's it's a it's a, it's a constantly evolving industry and i mean just take a drive around look around you're seeing colors on cars now that you don't remember seeing when you were growing up you know you're seeing these reds right. that look like they glow in the daytime and that that's not easy to pull off in my world man <laughs> so you've you've had this life and everything and but you know we've all connected through this keto group so how did how did that come into play for you oh then it's funny because it's all it's all interconnected <laughs> So, all right, let, let me take one little step back about uh, what we're talking about keto. And uh, one thing that I think that goes, that is very uh, underrated when it comes to keto is one, once you're in and you're in, and, and this would go for any diet, but when you got to start really looking into the diet that looks into yourself, you learn a lot about yourself. And I'm sure you could ask anyone who's been on keto for a while, you could pick a diet. When, when you're committed to making yourself healthier and you're going to have to cook your own food, the self-awareness that comes with that. It is phenomenal. You learn things about yourself that that you would have never learned otherwise, and and that's like a universal truth. And uh, so basically, what happens? I came down here for work another day at the office. Went to go to a shop. New painter started. Bumped into a new a new new painter. We're kind of going through the paces. You know, it's the usual. Hey, we'll paint this car. Go to that car. We'll go to lunch. We'll talk paint. Painter's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And uh, it was Brett Roberts. So you know who it is, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. He's like, well, he's like, whoa, he's like, you know, we can go to lunch. It's all cool. He's like, but uh, he's like, ah, you know, we can't go just anywhere. He's like, ah, he's like, ah, he's like, ah, he's like, I'm kind of on this weird diet. That's exactly how he put it. And I'm like, all right, well, you pick the place, man. You know, whatever. And I'm like, what kind of diet are you doing? And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm on a keto diet. He's like, my wife's on the keto diet. And, you know, Brett's not one to, to hold any information back. I mean, given the fact that I barely met the guy. So he just kind of started spilling his guts about it. And I'm like, you know what? Stop right there. This is great lunch talk. Pick a spot. Let's go. So, you know, we go. We end up over the course of the next hour. Like me and this dude pretty much became like best friends. Like we just, we let it all out. We we're just talking. He's going back and forth about keto. His wife, who's a phenomenal woman, uh, lost a ton of weight, improved her health, reversed her diabetes, all kinds of stuff on keto. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around like this whole you know, fat is fuel thing. And like, how can this be healthy for me? And the whole time, you know, I'm, I'm the issues, the health issues that I have are kind of bouncing around in my head. And I'm like, Dang, yeah, this is all good and all, but you know, there ain't no way this is going to work for me. Like I got stomach issues. Like it, it ain't going to fly, but that was like, no, we, we chatted, we talked, it was good. Uh, had barbecue for lunch, which turns out is one of my favorite foods. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm like, hey, I'll look into it. And he's like, hey, you got any questions? Shoot me a text. I'll help you out. He's like, but no, he's like, it helps everything. It's good for everything. You know, the, the usual talk about how humans were supposed to eat and, you know, the refined sugars, the carbohydrates. And you know, it kind of stuck with me. So I'm like, all right, well, yeah. So, you know, I, I go home, hop on, on the old Google machines. And uh, I got no further in the Googling than uh, a ketogenic diet may help with gastrointestinal. And I stopped reading and I'm like, I'm in 100 percent. I'm in like (laughs) like that. It's worth eight weeks of my time because it was only going to be an eight week trial. It was worth eight weeks of my time to give it a shot just so I could scratch it off the list, move on with my life. And like, "Eh, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. You know, carrying on. So let's let's so let's stop there for a second and talk about some of the health issues that you had up to that point. Kind of give us a, a quick rundown of what it was that you were dealing with and kind of some of the treatments that you were having to go through at that time. Oh, yeah. So basically, I, I have ulcerative colitis. It's a, it's a disease. It's an incurable disease as of now. I, I use the word incurable, you know, with 
quotation marks because it's incurable, but the way I look at it is if it causes me zero suffering, then it, I may as well be cured, even though it can rear its ugly head at any given time. And, it, and if you're not familiar with ulcerative colitis or any gastrointestinal diseases, they are hands down probably one of the, I would not wish it on my worst enemy. It is the most miserable experience I've ever gone through. I lived with it for about half of my life. Is it something that, is that a genetic condition? Is it something that just comes about for whatever reason? I mean, how, how does it's, somebody it's autoimmune. That? It's autoimmune. Okay. It's not, I'm the only lucky one in my family. My dad and my older sister got like concrete stomachs. They can eat and drink anything at any given time and they're perfectly fine. <laughs> Okay. And it's uh, it, it, so it's an autoimmune disease. It uh, it's 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 almost awkward to talk about because I've never really talked about it before, like openly like this. But I mean, it's just just imagine you know going through your day, then you got the urge to to use the bathroom, you know, and you've got maybe thirty five seconds to find a toilet before you just literally blow your ass out all over the inside of your pan. And this can strike mm. at any given time. Anywhere, it, it, whether you have food in your stomach or not, it, it doesn't seem to matter. It didn't, you know, you could have, I remember just getting partially stressed out about somebody asking me a question at work. And within 45 seconds, I was literally running to the bathroom because just the stress of that situation triggered it. And I had no choice. It, I, it's completely uncontrollable. And you just got to go. And, and you better yeah. get to the bathroom because there's there's just no stopping it. It's 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 insane. So, yeah, those the autoimmune diseases very often in the medical world, they, they basically just get, oh, sorry, you're just going to have to deal with it. Here's some meds to help. How many or like. I know for a fact you've you've said it before that that's kind of the the type of prognosis that you were provided, but kind of out or give us a little bit more detail about what your treatment path was once everything got diagnosed. Well, like this all started when I was fresh out of high school, so you know I was eighteen, and at that age to find out that part of you does not work the way it's supposed to is one of the most devastating things that you could ever, you could ever experience. You know, I was 18 years old. I remember coming home from the, the first time I went to the doctor and I, I just hopped in the shower. I just hopped in the shower. So nobody would be able to see me crying. He's like, I didn't know what was going on. You know, 18 years, doctor didn't explain anything to me. You know, looking back, he wasn't the greatest doctor. He didn't really say much. He's like, oh yeah, here's a bunch of medicine. Go home. And that was about it. Like I was scared to death. I didn't know what was going to happen. So over the course of the years, um, you know, colonoscopies become part of life uh, once to twice a year. And, you know, in your early 20s, mid 20s, it's not exactly the how you want to spend your time. And, you know, I was young, I was you know, a little bit, I don't want to say ignorant, but I wanted to live my life. So I didn't follow the rules. I didn't listen to the doctors. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go drink and I'll, I'll suffer the consequences. And I, and I did. But, you know, for you know a good few years, I, I lived the life I wanted to live and just dealt with the consequences the next day and kind of lived like that day after day for a long time until until my health just tanked like bad. I mean, it was there was a particular year where I was walking around with, with a green hue to my skin and just convincing myself everything was fine, still going to work every day, still going to martial arts afterwards, because in my head, if I could still make it 40 hours a week and I could still make it to martial arts class, I can't be that sick because a sick person can't do these things. And I would will myself through day in and day out, just will myself through these things, just, just out of pure stubbornness uh, to, to get me through every day. And, and, and I just convinced myself I was fine. And, you know, in, in hindsight, I was most definitely not fine, but uh, I, I convinced myself I was. And uh, 
So, I mean, I, I honestly couldn't even begin to tell you the amount of medications I was on, uh, just pills after pills after pills on top of more pills, two, three times a day, six, eight pills a day. Nothing really changed because I wasn't really willing to adjust my lifestyle. But on the other side of that, there was never, never to this day, was there a doctor who talked to me about lifestyle. It was always like, okay, here's the next prescription and here's the next prescription. And, and, I, and I think we've, you know, we're all of, at the age and, and keto long enough to know that doctors really don't address lifestyle and diet. It, it's, they just throw a dart at a dartboard and whatever medication that dart hits is pretty much the next thing they're going to, they're going to prescribe you. And we'll, we'll see you in six months for your next five minute round. And, and we'll kind of go from there. So through all of this, um, what was your weight like? I mean, were you dropping weight? Were you, cause obviously this way of eating is to, you know, lose inches and such, but were you needing to lose weight with this, uh, gastro illness? At the t- uh, when, when I was really not taking care of myself, I was I was literally emaciated. I, I was super skinny, and, but and, you know, like I said, I had a green hue to my skin. Like I, I was not in any way, shape, or form healthy. I did not look healthy. I did not feel healthy. I just pretended I was for like a really right. long time. And then you know, I've always worked out, so that that's to me like there there's no never exercising in my head or in my life. I've always done it. That's my standard. So so it's like as long as I've always done it. You know, it can't be that bad. I'm still working out. I know I'm not laid up in bed. You know, sick people are laid up in bed. I'm not laid up in bed. I'm getting up. I'm going to work 45 hours a week. Never mind that I had to like literally use the bathroom probably eight to 12 times a day while I was at work and then make sure I really used the bathroom before martial arts started. And then, you know, as soon as that was over, run straight to the bathroom and take care of business again. And hopefully I'd make it home to use the bathroom wow. again. And that, but like that was, but to me, it was like, Hey, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm fine. <laughs> right. And I said, looking back at, I'm sure right. you guys, even he, me hearing me say it right now, it's, it's, it's insane thinking that someone could go through their day by day thinking that's normal and okay. And just kind of just accepting it. And like, I kept everything to myself. So it's not like people weren't trying to help me. I told no one nothing. And I kept it that way because, you know, it's, I was young and, and there can't be anything wrong with me. I'm in my mid twenties, you know? Right. And so it, it was a, a probably a late twenties, close to early thirties, when I just started kind of paying a little more attention to health. I mean, I, I still drank a lot, but you know, the partying days were over. The bar nights, the club nights, all that were behind me. Uh, still, still was drink, drinking a lot of beer, beer snob, and uh, I just paid a little more attention to my health. Started paying a little more attention to my doctors, cleaned up my diet to, to what we all know now is a standard American diet. And so it was, you know, what I what I considered eating clean. You know, a ton of chicken, ton of rice. Uh, still go out and, you know, get a big giant burger, chicken sandwiches, but I'm like, Hey, I work out. I'm fine. You know, in the meantime, uh, medication starts working because I'm slowly and on my own turning my life around, turning my health around. So the medication starts working. I'm going to the doctors more often. Um, you know, their blood work's going down. They're like, Oh, you know, hey, you know, how do you feel? I'm like, man, for once I feel, I legitimately feel good. You know, like, but you know, here, here I am five pounds heavier, five pounds heavier. Oh no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're, you're getting, you're getting older. You know, it's, it's normal. And then, you know, and I just had a Facebook post recently where, where, you know, kind of dawns on me. Like I, I was at a point for a while there when I, and I was in full remission, full medical remission, fully medicated, a hundred percent healthy by every medical standard applauded by my doctors. Cause you know, Hey, you're, you're playing by the rules. You're taking the medication. You're doing great. Oh, that weight. Ah, you don't worry about that weight. You're getting old. You know, you, you can't be young and skinny forever. And then back in my head, I'm like, at the time, like I'm in the gym 12 hours a week, which is ludicrous. Like, and I don't have, like, yeah, I'm strong ish, but like, like what, what does it take to make it look like I've been working out 12 hours a week? Like, you know, you, you go through the magazines, like everyone does and you see all these, you know, giant ripped dudes. And I'm like, okay, 
if I'm eating all the right things and I'm technically healthy and I'm spending 12 hours a week in the gym, like how much time is this guy spending in the gym to look like that? And so you know, what do you do? You, you push harder and you eat more. And, and, and basically what was happening is uh, the medications were, were masking my symptoms. And, and yes, I was technically healthy, but the underlying issue was never quite resolved. It was still there. It was just, it's just getting pushed, you know, it was, it was dormant. So had you, during that phase, whenever you were going, okay, how can I look like I work out? Did you try other diets, weight loss plans, other things like that? You, you, you kind of started talking out, talking about keto with the mindset of, okay, I'll give it eight weeks. I can do eight weeks and see what, see what it does. Had you done that with other things? And what, if so, what was your results? Uh, I mean, yes and no, because, you know, I, it was basically, you know, as we like to call uh, bro science in the gym, you know, meathead science, where as long as you lift heavy and eat relatively clean, then, you know, go eat your pizza because you're going to bulk up, you know, eat that whole pizza and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, I bought all the books and I, and I followed all the, the recipes in the books and I'd cook the lean chicken and eat the salads, you know, six days a week. And then, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, I got to get strong. I got to get big. So then, you know, you take your one day and you eat all the donuts and hamburgers and it never really affected the, my symptoms, but I wasn't really making any strides. Like I was on this, looking back, I was on this multiple year plateau in the gym with just going through the motions, you know, the bench press never went up. The leg press never went up. Uh, they were getting easier, but I, it just the gains weren't there. The intensity wasn't there. And uh, and so like to say, to answer the question, if I ever like, like that I ever like stick to paleo for a little while or did I ever stick to, you know, Mediterranean diet for a little while? No, because I didn't know those were things. I just ate what the guys in the magazines were eating <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, mm -hmm. drank the protein shakes they were drinking, bought the pre-workouts they were buying, you know, every supplement that I read about, I'm like, well, this guy's taking it. It's working for him. Look at that guy. Oh, he gets up at 5 a.m. and jogs around the block. I'm going to jog around the block twice. And then I'm going to do the push-ups. And then I'm going to go to the gym. And it, and it was, it was chasing this, this dream that you're, you're, you're never going to catch. And it, it's, it was, it was all a personal challenge. And, and I, and I don't want to say it was a waste of time because, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Well, you know, at the end of the day, when you, you just said you look back and you're, you're still pushing 30% body fat and overweight, any way you look at it, you're, you're overweight and you run up a flight of stairs and you're still getting winded and, you know, tying your shoes still hurts a little bit. Like, okay, you know, time to kind of take a step and, and reevaluate a few things. So, so yeah, circling it back around, I paint cars, cars brought me to Texas, Texas brought me to the collision center, the collision center brought me to, to Mr. Brett, Brett took me to lunch, Brett introduced me to keto. Uh, decided to stick with it for eight weeks and then it's and and then wrapping it all back around to that self-awareness thing and maybe like you know you found your place in this world like the the amount of things that had to go right for me to end up where i'm at right now is like it, i almost feel like like i was meant to be here because because i could have ended up anywhere I, i've lived in four different states you know and i'm a journeyman technician i'm a master master painter i could get a job anywhere in the country just you know it, it, i have all the tools and the skills required i could have ended up anywhere but with the chances of me ending up here meeting the people i met talking to people i talked to ending up bumping into a painter that you know that turned me on to keto and and then everything else kind of just literally falling into place you know, bumping into one of my idols, who's a one of the world class airbrush artists who happens to live right up the street. You know, it's like you got to kind of you got to kind of pause and like there's something more to it than just dumb luck. <laughs>
Absolutely. So you talk to your buddy, you go to lunch, you learn about keto and everything. So what was the initial process for you? And when did you, what was it like to adapt to that way of eating? Uh, a lot of questions at first, you know, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I didn't, you know, you read about it and then it's, you know, I would think everyone goes to the first thing where, you know, you start kind of going through your pantry reading labels and you're like, well, nope, 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 nope. And then by the time you get to your pantry, there's like maybe an item or two left <laughs> that right. you could possibly right. eat. So like I came to that realization, I pretty much threw my hands up in the air and I'm like, this ain't good, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't have to be today. So I'm like, let's just start one day at a time. I'm like, you know what? Let, let's, let me, let me, uh, let me burn through this protein powder. I got it anyways. I paid for it. Once I burn through it, I won't buy anymore. You know, we got all this brown rice and chicken. Let me cook all this brown rice and chicken. Let me burn through it. Once I burn through it, I won't buy anymore. And then that's kind of how I approached it. And it just seemed to work for me. So everything kind of kind of tapered off slowly and it wasn't perfect. It was, it was a good two or three week process before, from when I decided that I was going to start probably even longer than that. So to when I was actually, to when my menu was legitimately keto, it probably was closer to, to about somewhere between two and four weeks. So how soon did you have that aha moment that, that moment where you said, okay, something is working here. I'm not sure what it is, but something about this is working. What, what did that look like? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was very interesting. Because um, I remember the day when I just I drew the line in the sand. And, you know, there were still a few items lingering around the cupboard. And I, it, it, was, it was actually Christmas Day. Uh, I woke up extraordinarily hungover, you know, drank a bunch of beers, partied the night before. Uh, I'm outside trying to cook a meal. You know, my big old pile of, I don't even remember what it was, pork or something was on the grill about ready to come off. Uh, I'm, I'm attached to this thing because, you know, this is the main course of dinner and I got all these other carb related, you know, your, your classic Christmas dinner ready. Uh, dog escapes. I'm hungover. I can't leave this this grill because I'm going to burn the meat. And it was just like all these things are hitting me at once. And I was like, you know what? It changes now. It changes right now. I'm like, I, I can't. This is, you know, this is just another Saturday. I'm just hungover again. <laughs> you know, and I'm like this, this has to change now. So and like so literally on Christmas morning, I decided this is the moment. I ate the proteins I cooked because that was really the only thing on the menu that was even reasonably keto. But I didn't touch any of the other food I prepared because in my head, the, the, the switch was flipped. That was that. And something had to change. So, so that, you know, there was still a couple of days of trial and error, you know, accidentally eating the wrong things. You're changing lifelong habits. You know, you actually find yourself grabbing a handful of pretzels and like, oh, wait, yeah, I can't eat this. Spitting them out into the garbage can and grab a glass of water. Okay, on to the next. But uh, I would say after I probably got about a good two, three, four days, I just noticed that I just didn't feel as bloated. You know, the stomach felt better. I was using the bathroom less often. And like, it was almost like it, like it, it was so natural and so easy that like, I wasn't even aware of how fast I was getting better. Cause it was, it was, it was, it was what I would call feeling normal. You know, I didn't know what normal felt like. So, so I, yeah, it didn't take long. It took a few days. And, and I would say, honestly, even before I started noticing any difference in my stomach, uh, the joint pain decreased significantly. I was, uh, my knees stopped hurting, my lower back stopped hurting, my knuckles stopped hurting, my shoulders stopped hurting. And, you know, these are all chronic illnesses that you just, you just correlate with, with getting older. You know, like, you know, and I, I was, and I was on enough pills. The last thing I wanted was at the time was uh, like be one of those guys that has to take an Advil every day just to get out of bed and then take an Advil at lunch to make it through the day. And so I just kind of fought through the pain because I, I was done with pills at that point. I mean, I was still taking my, my prescribed medications, but I, I, I definitely was not trying to stack anything on top of that. And, you know, just slowly, day by day, 
things got better and uh, joints got better. And then, you know, before you know it, I'm two weeks in and hop on the scale and I'm a few pounds down. And I start thinking about it. I'm like, man, like, man, my knees don't hurt anymore. Man, you know, my, my back doesn't hurt anymore. I'm sleeping better. You know, I'm down a few pounds. You know, wife said I stopped snoring. I'm like, okay, well, I stopped drinking. So I probably stopped snoring because of that. And, you know, and every positive thing that <laughs> happened to me, you know, I, I correlated to, hey, well, it's because I'm not drinking anymore. Oh, it's because I stopped doing it. And, you know, it wasn't because of the, the, I was literally changing everything about my life. It, it was because, oh, yeah, yeah, I stopped drinking beer. That, that's, that's why that happened. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it didn't take long to realize. I'm like, all right, I hop on the scale a few weeks later and I'm down 10 pounds. And I was never that big of a dude. I mean, I got up close to up to 200 pounds, which is big for me. I mean, not big in the grand scheme of things, but, uh, but when I, when it started, when I started seeing that scale, just like really, really, really start coming down. And I noticed all the inflammation going down and, you know, talking to Brett about what was going on. He's like, Oh wait, it's going to get better. Next is going to be this next is going to be this. And then like clockwork, everything that we talked about would start happening. I'm like, all right, and then, you know, before I knew it, my eight weeks was up and I think I was probably down somewhere between 10 and 15 pounds. And I'm like, all right, this is going to require a little more than eight weeks of my attention because something's happening here and it's working. And I've never felt this good in my entire life. During, during this, uh, during that eight week period, were you talking with your doctors who had prescribed the meds for the gastro illness and all these other things? I mean, were they, was there ever any consideration or thinking of, man, I need to back off on this stuff or just drop it all? Or did you just keep on keeping on as you were? I didn't tell my doctors anything because I didn't think, first of all, I didn't think they would approve. Because, you know, I, and, you know, because in my head at this point, you know, I'm only eight, 12 weeks in and this whole high fat thing is, is just nonsense to me. I didn't even know there was Facebook groups at this time. You know, there was the, to me, it's, for, for all I knew, it was me in this little bubble. And, you know, I knew this one guy right. that did it. And that was it. You know, I didn't know there was hundreds of thousands of people online that you could talk to. <laughs> They're doing the exact same thing, suffering the exact same thing that you're suffering from. So I definitely did not tell my doctors anything. Uh, I, I do recall going to the doctor for the first time and just told him that I just, I had pretty much just told him, yeah, I got to stop. You know, I cook my own food now. I, I stopped eating sugar and I, and I cut out the processed foods and I kind of just left it at that. And he's like, oh, hey, no, that's, that's great. You know, how are you feeling? But at this, at this point, I was still taking my medications and I and I had actually dropped down to taking it every other day. And uh, that went on for like a year. And, you know, at this point, I'm still only going to the doctors once every six months and I was always in remission. So it's always like, okay, weigh yourself. Okay. How you feeling? How are your bowel movements? What are you eating? Anything, any blood in your stool? Like, yeah, blood in your stool. Yeah. But let me tell you, <laughs> I won't go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, you, you'd think you're dying in the toilet. Um, and you know, no, no, no. Okay. You're fine. Okay. Pat on the back. You're doing great. Carry on. All right. No problem. You know, so, and I, and I do recall it was just a random Friday. And this was about a year after me tapering off of my meds. I mean, by tapering, I mean just taking them every other day, occasionally forgetting every third day, but still taking them religiously. You know, then I'd get, and it was funny because I remember I'd get the notification, you know, Walgreens sends you the, the thing, your, your prescription is ready to be refilled. And I'm like, still got half a bottle, ain't doing that. You know, the whole time I felt fine, but kind of, kind of just like, okay, the medication's working. I'm cleaning up my diet. The medication's really working. Right. So I remember it was just one random Friday, which is approximately like a year and three days ago to the day. I uh, went into the cupboard to, to grab my medication and I'm, I'm just sitting there staring at it. You know, and it dawns, I mean, I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, I haven't taken this stuff in a week. And she was just like, really? And I'm like, like, I've, I've literally forgot to take my medication. Like, yo, your daily ritual, you know, you, you take your medication before you go to work. I'm like, I haven't taken it all week. It's just staring at me. I'm like, and I put it back in the cupboard. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take it. I'm like, I go, look, I go, I know my body. I know what it feels like when I'm going to get sick. I go, so I go, I'm just going to pay real close attention. And I was like, I might get two weeks out of this and I'll, I'll get to brag about that. I was like, but, uh, 
but you know, I'm just going to kind of let, let this thing ride out, you know? And I set this little timer on my phone. I'm like, well, let's shoot for two weeks. Let's see what happens. And so sure enough, I put my medication back up there. And then I, at that point I was well dialed into keto. You know, at this point I was, you know, uh, I would have to say somewhere near eight months in. So, so the, you know, there, this, the keto wasn't even, you don't even think about it anymore. It's just, it's just the way you eat and the way you live. It's, it's not even a thought. And yeah, I put the medication back up there and figured I'd let it ride for a couple of weeks and like, yeah, we'll see how this goes. And yeah, it turns out I never had to touch them again. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the reason that we're d- doing this interview today is that you hit a, a huge milestone with that very thing this week. You hit one year, no meds, right? 367 days, 12 hours and 26 minutes to the day to be exact. That's and just I, I never phenomenal. thought that was going to happen. And and look, and, and I'm in ulcerative colitis support groups, you know, just because I'm like, you know what? I know what it's like to be that sick. I'm not that sick anymore. And and to this day, people think I well, not so much anymore. But there are the few that still think I'm crazy. That, that think I have a death wish. But you know, when I first signed on to that group, which who knows how long ago that was, and I just kind of threw my story out there. It it was like it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was like hate mail, but via Facebook, not even mail. It was just hate comments. Like, like I was like, they were, I was getting called every name in the book and I'm crazy. And you're, you're a liar. And there's no way you can't be food. It has nothing to do with diet. And like, I've been talking about hundreds, hundreds of comments. And out of those hundreds of comments, maybe three were positive. <laughs> the rest of them were negative. And I purposely made a point to reply to every single one as polite as I possibly could just to shut them up. <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and, I, and I post on there fairly regularly now as well. And, and now it's, 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 it's kind of taking this weird turn where there's, there's people coming out of the woodwork who, and, and they might be new to the group. I don't know. Uh, but you know, the, the word keto, the word paleo, the word grain free, the word sugar free, you know, those words are, and people just come out of the woodwork saying, yeah, I've been doing that for like 10 years. It's working great for me. And, and, and so it's like, now it's like, there's, it's kind of turned the corner and there's more support every time I post something now, as opposed to people telling me I'm a liar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be, um, really crazy. So, but you know, I, real quick, I want to throw in real quick that a lot of people are they're so skeptical about things that they would rather stick with the known as painful as it is rather than than the unknown and how good it can be. And that's what I think we've seen in our group over the last couple of years of as um, guys are going into this way of eating, they're not only getting the physical benefit or the, you know, dropping inches, dropping pounds, whatever the case may be. But all of a sudden, there's all of these extra things that come along with it that, you know, there was a guy who posted a couple of weeks ago uh, something about going to lunch with a buddy. And the guy's like, what are you doing eating, you know, th- two, three big hamburger patties and cheese and asparagus. And meanwhile, the guy's got the plate of nachos and everything. It's like, well, this is what I do, and this is why I'm at. I'm, I've dropped 50 pounds or whatever it was, and the guy with the nachos is like, ah, that's a bunch of BS kind of thing. But the proof is right there. I mean, we've mm-hmm. just heard the story. So there's the legitimacy of all of this is something that people need to think about and take in and realize, hey, maybe there is something be- beyond the prescription that can help you. And maybe it's just as simple as food. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, straight, yeah, straight food. Food as medicine is the, the the thing that I've been hearing a lot from a lot of the experts, both doctors, nutritionists, dietitians that that are in the keto space. More and more of them are talking about food as medicine. I really think that there's something to that uh, because before we had pharmaceutical grade medicine, what did we have? We had herbs, we had spices, we had things from the ground that were grown and prepared as medicinal things. And so while I think that drugs that the pharmaceutical realm has made is a good thing, I'm thankful for them because without them, we would have far more disease, far more things to deal with. At the same time, if so many of us would take our our conditions that we're dealing with and rewind a bit and say, okay, is there a behavioral cause for this? Is there a root cause for this? I've talked about it before. I'm test, I'm low testosterone. Well, some of that initially was that I was really overweight, but you know, some of it was just, I think that I was always a little low testosterone. There's not much of a fix for that. So I'm very helpful. I'm very thankful for testosterone replacement therapy, but for but there, there, and that's something that, especially now that I'm on TRT, I'm probably going to be on it for the rest of my life. Uh, but you know, beyond that, um, you know, there are a lot of things that people can do to help address their conditions, just like Alberto has, to address the root cause and kickstart their system to heal itself, and that's amazing. So, Alberto, let's talk about stats a little bit, like, uh. Yeah, um, let's talk about stats a little bit. And what are like, what was your highest weight? What have you kind of come down to? And what has because this has been kind of an interesting thing for you specifically, weight management slash your attempt to build weight into you know lean lean muscle mass weight, uh, been like now that you have been keto now for close to three years and all of that. Yeah, at my heaviest. Uh, I mean, my, I'm only five, eight, you know, I guess that would be average height, but it's not, I'm not a very tall person, uh, at five, eight and at 200 pounds, you know, I could squeeze into a size 34 pants. And while that might not sound like, okay, this guy wasn't that big. Like I said before, bear in mind, I was spending the equivalent of a part-time job at the gym and fighting with every last ounce I had to not gain weight. And I was still constantly gaining weight and it just wasn't stopping and there was no stopping it. And like I was saying before, it's, it's quote unquote normal. So I'm so, but as I, before I stumbled on the keto, I believe last time I bothered to weigh myself, I was at about 195 pounds, probably closer to 200 pounds. And I mean, I wore it well, you know, like you wore a large t-shirt and you couldn't really tell it. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was not comfortable. It, it was definitely too much weight for my frame. And then, uh, so then enter keto and the weight starts coming off, um, uh, still continued weightlifting that never stopped. And, you know, you hear about, okay, you're going to get the keto flu. And, 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 and I didn't mention my stubbornness in case you guys are <laughs> unaware. I'm a little stubborn. Uh, you know, you're, they're like, oh, we'll expect a dip in performance. You're going to have this keto flu. And I'm like, dip in performance. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I don't have dips in performance. My whole life has been a dip in performance. <laughs> like I'm feeling better. Like, if this is going to work, there is no dip in performance. So like, I, I literally remember just doubling down and hitting the gym harder than I've ever hit it before. Cause so if there was a dip in performance, I didn't experience it. Cause I fought it with everything I knew how. <laughs> 
let me tell you, ladies, or well, mainly gentlemen, but any ladies that are listening, <laughs> the truth of the matter is that I work out with this guy now three to four times a week, and he really works hard. He pushes me to my limits every single time, and uh, he is he is zero fo- he is zeroed in, focused, and super intense on whatever it is that we're working on. And so, uh, when he says he doubled down. You can you can bet that it was serious double downing. So <laughs> let let's follow up on that to to say what has working out become for you now. You were spending a lot of time in the gym before. Now you're having to are you having to spend less to get better results? What has that been? Oh, far less. I, I mean, I would almost say half. Like literally, because I mean, before it was like I would wake up at. 3.30 in the morning to be at the gym by 4, 4.30 to be done by 6.30 or 7. So, I mean, I was, you know, if I went to the gym, it was two and a half, three hour ordeal, four to five days a week. Where, where now, though, now it's all about the short and intense. You know, if you could squeeze it in in less time and lift more weight, then, you know, that that's quite literally the definition of intensity. And so another time it was, you know, you read all the bodybuilding magazines and, you know, yeah, I don't get paid to lift weights. These guys do like, you know, all of us guys with regular jobs, like you have, I mean, unless you truly enjoy it and have the time, by all means rock out. But we have no business spending 15, 12, 15 hours a week in the gym where there was no paycheck in it for me. It was just for my own self gratification, but I didn't have, I just, it just wasn't working. And I have no business spending that time and that much time in the gym. But as the weight was coming off, you know, I, I cut my time down. I got everything down to like what me and you are doing now. No more than an hour and a half. Like you were like from the minute you walk in the door to the minute you walk out of the door. I like it to be about an hour and a half. No more than that. Three to four days a week. Um, and, and another interesting thing about keto is, yeah, you might dis- you might think what you want to weigh. <laughs> you might think where you look ideal. But uh, keto is going to find your happy spot. Once, you, once your metabolism is in a thriving space, keto is going to find your happy spot. And you're going to have very little to say about it. Because uh, I, I, when I was dropping weight, I got down to 180. And I was at that you know, 14 to 16% body fat had definition, had bulk, had size. I, you know, I, I just looked like a big dude. And I'm like, okay, we can stop now. I want to stop at 180. No big deal. <laughs> you know, and, then, and then like in my head, it's like, all right, I'm 195. What am I going to lose five pounds of fat? And then I'll be all muscle. I'll weigh 190 and be ripped. So <laughs> then I get down to 180. I'm like, well, that went down a little more than I expected, but whatever. I won't lose any more weight. There's all this muscle under here. And it went down to 175. And I'm like, all right, what's going on here? All right, well, like what happened to all this? You know, I, I was buff. Where, where, where's all this muscle that I had, which in turn, you just all fluffy and carved up and covered in a nice layer of fat. And hit 170. Still, and mind you, the whole time my numbers in the gym are going up and up and up and up. So, 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 like it was kind of a grain of salt. Like, okay, it's okay if I'm if I'm lifting more, I'm getting stronger. My muscle, if I'm getting stronger, my muscles are growing. So, so I have to be getting rid of fat, but I can't have much more fat. Like, looking 175, drop down to 170. And then at that point, I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was supposed to stop at 180. <laughs> So it turns out keto decided my happy spot when I was at my leanest and my skinniest at 166 pounds, which was roughly 30 pounds lighter than when I started, which still to this day blows my mind when I pick up a 25 pound plate and to think like there was a point in my life where I had no choice. This plate was strapped to me and I had to live life with this thing. And now, you know, we go to the gym, we do those uh, kneeling, kneeling half moons and 25 pounds is heavy. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. 25 pounds is real heavy. <laughs> with all yeah. of the with all of the weight lifting that you have been doing, what about cardio? Do you do any of that at all, or is that it hasn't been part of the the fitness plan? I always want to. I just, uh, man, I have a real short attention span. And, okay. and I've looked up these programs and, uh, you know, and even like MAF training, which is supposed to be great for fat burning. And, you know, I get on the treadmill and I, within three minutes, I'm like, okay, this is, this, this just ain't happening. So, yeah, no, I, I, I am on team zero cardio. I, uh, you know, I, my heart rate gets plenty high just lifting weights. You know, if, if, I, I promise you, if you were to track my heart rate lifting weights, it is exceeding any cardio or any high intensity interval training you're doing. It's either right up there, if not exceeding it. So, so you lift weights with high enough of intensity, your cardio is built in. And I mean, if you enjoy cardio, by all means, do it. But if you're like me and you, you enjoy lifting weights more, just keep the intensity up, keep the rest period short, mm-hmm. and your, your cardio is, is built in. Yeah, the most that I've seen him do since we started working out together is about thousand meters on a rower, just to kind of get the body loosened up, just to get just to to get everything lubricated. He doesn't even push it hard. Like I'm I'm one of those. As soon as I start, I'm I'm cranking it out, and I'll do 500 meters of of, of hard rowing versus his like thousand meters of just easy going, and it's. Uh, uh, it's, it, it's just a, it's just a warm up for him. And, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, but he definitely hits it hard. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you one of my, 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 uh, heart rate, uh, tracker and we'll, we'll track it one of these days, Alberto. And, and you can, uh, <laughs> you, you can, you can test that theory. I think it's probably accurate. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and start winding down a little bit because we are ca- coming up to the hour mark here. And this has been a really great conversation. Um, but I think that we are kind of getting to the, at least to the present with all of this. So, uh, at this point, um, if you look back at where you were before this all started three years ago and could tell yourself at 18 when you were first being diagnosed with ulcerative, ulcerative colitis or, uh, or looking at uh, yourself at your lowest point, what would you tell yourself from the standpoint of what you know now? Pay more attention to yourself. You know, like they say, listen to your body. You know, it's, it, that gets thrown around left and right, up and down, sideways. But, but had I truly, truly paid a little more attention, I, I could have saved myself a lot of problems, a, a, a lot of a lot of hiding of no one knew I had problems. You know, I, I could have solved myself a lot of hiding of problems and a lot of a lot of internal suffering and, and, and dark, dark, very dark places. I mean, there, there's times where I mean, you're like, if this, if this is life, I pretty much don't want to be here. And then those thoughts, I mean, they don't cross your mind for long, but it's really not normal to have them on a regular basis either. Uh, so, and then kind of wrapping it back around to the training, like, you know, yeah, like even you said, yeah, I train, like, I, I'm injured, technically injured right now. So you think this is intense. <laughs> and this is me dialed back. But, but people got to understand too, that like, there was a, a great portion of my life where I wasn't in control of the suffering and I wasn't in control of the pain. It controlled me. And like now that things are are turned and I'm healthy, like I enjoy the hurt that I can put on myself. I'm in control of the amount of suffering of a heavy deadlift. I'm in control. Like like I know what's coming. I know it's gonna hurt, but I'm choosing for it to hurt and not the other way around. And, and that's where a lot of that drive comes from because it's like, oh right, yeah, this is this is I'm gonna lift this up and this is gonna suck. But you know what? I'm choosing this suck. The suck isn't choosing me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, choose choose what you can control. That's really uh, that that for the person that's lived constantly out of control. That definitely could be uh, helpful. 
Okay, so uh, that is uh, the story of Alberto, and that's a really incredible story. And I hope that a lot of guys and, you know, again, whatever gals tune into our little man show here, uh, you know, that they got something out of it because I think there's a lot of value there. Um, so with that being said, let's move on to closing business. Uh, do we have any, well, I, we didn't talk about this earlier, but uh, I want to, to just go ahead and call out, the amazing transformations that are being exhibited in the group. And, and they're way more than I can actually list. So this week has just been one of those weeks. Uh, Jim, you kind of alluded to it earlier um, as well, that there's just a lot of the guys that are posting their, their before and after picks this week. And it's really crazy to see where a lot of us are coming from and where we have, where we currently are. And so to, to everyone who has posted and shared that piece of themselves, thank you for that. Um, it's inspirational to, to everybody else. And uh, we've seen some really amazing transformations. Any other call outs from you guys? Well, I'd say a uh, member, Mike, who uh, recently posted of a man, 300 pound mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. Like take a minute to think like at my heaviest, I was 195 to 200 pounds. I weigh 170 pounds. Now this man has stuck with the program long enough to lose 300 pounds. Like I, I, mm-hmm. that's, that's superhero status. Screw the deadlifts, screw yeah. the weightlifting, screw the intense <laughs> in the gym. That is superhero stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have Mike on the show for sure. We've already started talking with him, uh, trying to find the scheduling time to, to fit that in because he's really got a great story that I hope that uh, we'll be able to get him on soon. Um, our, just, our schedules didn't work out for us to do that uh, this week. Uh, but yes, absolutely. 300 pounds lost is uh, that that's more than I weighed at my heaviest. At my heaviest, I was 280. So he's lost more than me in my entirety. Um, so that's crazy to me. And, uh, it's, it shows he's a great guy, great sense of humor. Uh, so that's going to make for a really great conversation. Uh, Jim, do you have anything? You know, I'm, I'm flipping through the group right now and looking at some things. And I think that as we are getting into, uh, the start of summer season, which is grilling out and Memorial day parties, graduations and things like that. I've seen a lot of guys, uh, putting things up about, um, meal plans, uh, you know, breaking out the, the grill for steaks and, um, pork, turkey, chicken, whatever the case may be. And being forward thinking of what they can have uh, and do to maintain the the keto way of eating if they are going to some kind of holiday celebration or graduation or whatever the case may be. So um, it's not, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a turn, so to speak, in the, oh, it's a cheat weekend kind of thing. So I can do this to a, oh, we're doing this and here's how I am going to be prepared for it. And kudos to all of the folks that are doing that and thinking ahead. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't um, go to a family event and be social and enjoy the, the dinner and everything, but you may skip the potato salad and instead eat um, an extra helping of green beans with some bacon fat in there and uh, you know a couple, three, 12 hamburgers, whatever you need to do. So kudos to all of those guys for that. Yeah, absolutely. Planning ahead is key on all of that. And that actually kind of uh, ties into one of the questions. I, I posted something, uh, you know, what 
questions do you have? And so I'll call out one of the questions from Mike, another Mike from the other than the uh, the one that we were mentioning before. And he's he was talking about how he's supposed to in his macros get up to 200 grams of fat. Um, and he's like, how the heck do you do that? That's like 10 ribeyes. Uh, and so, or four, four 10 ounce ribeyes. Uh, and, and I'm the, the response that he got from somebody else, I think is, is fairly accurate. You guys can weigh in on this as well. My school of thought is, has always been, uh, limit the carbs completely down to 20 grams of, of carbs or less, uh, Moderate protein, uh, the usual formula for that is one to one and a half uh, grams per, uh, one to, or yeah, one to one and a half grams per kilogram of lean body mass. Uh, that's my ratio. And, and usually that, that works out to some, to what most people would say. Uh, and then for me, it's fat to society, fat to satiety. So that point of, okay, I'm full. I'm good. So what are you guys, you, you, what is your response to this goal of 200 grams of fat per day? Uh, that's just seems like a lot to me. Alberto, I'm going to defer to you on this one. Well, I'm not the person to answer this question. <laughs> uh, I mean, for, uh, honestly, for me, it's in my head. I'm like only 200 grams of fat a day. Like, like okay, like I, I, I pretty much eat that without even trying. But again, I don't track yeah. food, so so. That, and for the second reason, I'm not the person to answer this question. But uh, like, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm in a weird situation where where legitimately calories and fat intake seem to have absolutely zero effect on my metabolism. Now, mind sure. you, let's 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 go back to we're going to drag this thing out for another half hour watch. <laughs> let's, go, <laughs> let's, let's go back to what happens when you have a thrive. Like for the first time ever, I have a thriving metabolism. My body's working the way it's supposed to work. And, and I've said this on a podcast before. Yes, everybody wants weight loss, but keto should not be about weight loss. Keto should be about thriving health and metabolism. And if you focus on thriving health and metabolism, you have no choice but to lose weight. And, and I, and I've hit that spot and, you know, I've, I, when I decided I was going to keto bulk, strict keto bulk, clean, because sugars and grains I've learned are my body's enemy, and I'm not going back to that place. But uh, strict keto bulk, I I would spot track. I would eat as much as I can. I'm talking I'm 70% fat, so 35 to 4,000 calories a day at 70% fat. Uh, um, and whatever protein fell into would be, I mean, fat was anywhere from 250 to 350 grams a day. Protein was anywhere from 180 to 250 grams a day. Carbs, if you're sticking the keto, even keto carbs, when you're eating that much food, you're going to creep up 35, 40, 45 grams a day, assuming you're not working carnivore. Uh, and, and I was eating it and yeah. The amount of significant weight I gained is zero. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but I mean, eat the foods, add the butter. Don't be afraid of the fat. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I was, you know, huge on the BPC, the Bulletproof coffees at the time, but Bulletproof coffee was not a meal replacement. It was, it was a nice little enhancer. It was a bonus fat and calorie to my massive breakfast. But, but it, it's possible. You just track your foods, add the butter. You know, mm-hmm. get your get your your fatty cuts of meat in. Get your nuts. Get your all your your healthy fats from your nuts. It's, it's possible. It's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Avocados are a great source. Uh, get mm-hmm. those in there. Bacon. I mean, if you can eat unlimited amounts of bacon, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and I think all of that's absolutely correct. And I do think it can get up there to that two hundred gram 
Mark, easier than what we may think sometimes uh, by doing simple things like adding a couple tablespoons of avocado oil to whatever it is that you're cooking or uh, or like you said, the Bulletproof Coffee as an addition to your, your breakfast. That's a really great way to add just a little bit more fat and honestly, a butter latte, which is a, a Bulletproof Coffee, that's all it is, um, tastes really good to me. And so I like this. Them. And so I drink them uh, three or four times a week at least, uh, and it's just a preference thing. Uh, so yeah, we we you know there, you've got ways to do that. So Mike, there's your answer, um, at least from us from the uh, from our personal experience. Oh well, Jim kind of deferred, but Jim, do you have anything <laughs> else to add? No, I think um, I think that you guys hit the nail on the head, and um, you know there's so many um, great websites out there and we've got some links up on the keto man's club facebook page under the link section where you can go and get your macros and dial in um and again it's all it's going to be a trial and error process at the start so if you're getting into this for the first time and trying to figure out well how many do i need whatever don't don't overthink it to the point where you're just like screw it i'm not going to participate in this this is not for me watch the carbs 20 or under eat the fatty stuff you know to get the protein in and things like that just start in there ease into it and as your body adapts and everything and you find things that work for you in your in your menu and your pantry whatever the case may be then you continue to tweak fine tune it and and make it work for you Absolutely. That's the key for all of it is find what works for you. There are so many different schools of thought because we're all bio-individual that we, it takes a little while to find out what works uh, for, for each one of us and what works for Alberto may not work for somebody else and what works for me may not work for somebody else. And that's fine because we're all different. Uh, let's see any of their business. Um, no, that's pretty much it. Okay, so what what was on the menu of Chris today? Oh, well, that's a a good question. I, um, let's see, I ate some, I, we have, we get those packages of the char, the charcuterie, the, the fatty, uh, like uh, pastrami and, and things like that. We get that at the store. And so I munched on that some today. I had a bag of the, uh, cheese crisps um cheese wisps uh ate those i snacked a lot today basically and then my real meal at the at, at the end of the day uh and this was this was one of those times where the, the, whenever i'm ordering it the guy that the, the young kid that, that took the order at wendy's just had scratched his head didn't even know how to put it in the computer i asked for four meat patties four, four meat patties four pieces of cheese and four pieces of bacon and they're like what <laughs> And they just totally didn't, they, they didn't, they, they like, how do we, and like three people had to help him take, you know, put that order in the system. Uh, and then, and then get this, they put it in two different boxes for me because they think, oh, obviously this has to be two people, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, that was my real meal of the day. Uh, and so, yeah, the rest of it was all keto friendly snacks, uh, but mainly snacking. Jim, how about you? What was on the menu today? Um, today was um, I'm 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 
trying to get more into this intermittent fasting thing. So um, I had a work event. I mentioned this earlier uh, before we did the show this evening. And so uh, the work event was one of those classic buffet heavy hors d'oeuvres. So the chicken fingers and the spinach artichoke dip and the cheese tray and the fruit tray and all of that kind of stuff. So I had uh, three or four grilled chicken uh, strips on the skewer kind of thing uh, that the caterer did. Uh, with a little bit of ranch dressing with that. And um, then I had some celery and ranch dressing. So pretty low-key meal. I was in and out on the road for much of the day. So um, trying this intermittent fasting, we're going to see how this goes. I'm in the early stages. Hopefully the next show we'll have a little bit more uh, insight on how how it's been working. Yep, cool. Alberto, you had barbecue, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, yeah. My own, my own barbecue. Yes, it was a, it was just a, another day of, of, of shoving calories down my throat, <laughs> but, uh, I, I finished leftovers. So, so breakfast, and I, I believe I posted all this as I, I had made, uh, my first pulled pork on the smoker this weekend, which came out phenomenal. Uh, so I had a, a little bit of pulled pork. I had, a I was also smoked some, uh, longhorn Wagyu patties. So I had that and a couple eggs for breakfast. I got real busy at work. So I, I, I didn't plan on taking lunch and the shop that I was at just happened to order pizza. So I kind of kept myself busy and let them all eat. And then when they were all done, they're like, Hey, there's some pizza left. And there was two slices of pepperoni pizza left. So I gladly just scraped the toppings off those and, and just munched on that. And uh, so I was pretty good and hungry by the time I got home. And uh, I know I definitely posted a picture of that, but uh, I cooked what was a two pound top sirloin. Mm-hmm. So after I cooked it, it got down to one and a half pound top sirloin and I ate it all and it was delicious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> mouth yes. mouth watering. Yep. It looked it looked good on the grill too. That 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 Yeah, the the, sure. the beauty of that grill inside the kitchen there and, and I just mm-hmm. I was sounds kind of funny to say I was too lazy to grill it outside. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh but yeah, that that grill the the way it's set up like that that heating element is I mean it's about a half inch away from the meat the way that though just the way the setup is. So you I I crank that thing on 10 and I, and I leave it running for like 20 minutes. And I've actually hit it with a temperature gun just out of curiosity. And, and the heating element itself will get to like 700 degrees. And the grates will get to like 450 degrees. And so, and so I literally yeah. just slap the steak on there. It sits on one side for about four and a half minutes. You turn it over. sits on the second side for maybe four minutes. You pull that thing off and just let it rest for a little bit. And it comes out to like perfect medium rare every single time and you get that little that little sear on the outside and i just i was hungry i couldn't stop eating <laughs> i don't blame you i don't blame you mm, that sounds good okay so i i'll let's talk about socials real quick the uh you can reach us here at the podcast on instagram at, at keto man's club podcast uh, you can email us any questions uh any ideas if you've got a story that you would like to share share at keto man's club podcast at gmail.com our website is the keto man's club.com so definitely check that out that takes you to the facebook group so if you're not a member uh, that's a really easy way to find us and be able to get added to the group we'd love to have you and uh so that's how to contact the show uh me personally i am uh I am 
on Instagram as Duckman Keto. Um, I also have a page on Facebook with the same uh, thing. I stick to most of my keto posts there. Uh, my personal page, if you care to follow me and my pictures of like dogs and things like that, is Duckman1221. And Alberto, how about you? Oh, I mean, honestly, I spend most of my time on the Keto Man's Club. Imagine that. Yes. And uh, it, it's kind of funny. I, I, it's, I do feel like I spend way too much time on there. But at the same time, I justify it as like, I really don't watch TV like at all. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so there's screen time here and there's screen time there. But I got like, you know what? I don't watch a lot of TV. I spend way too much time on Facebook. In the end, I'm no better or worse off than anyone else. <laughs> so, yep, yep. So, uh, so uh, on Instagram, I am Capital Painter, capital with an A. Uh, and that's just the occasional workout video and mostly car-related shenanigans, painting car stuff. Random photos of uh, cars that I find interesting and uh, nothing too crazy. But yeah, the, the easiest place to get a hold of me, and which many people do, by all means, don't hesitate. Uh, message me directly. Shoot me, a, hit me a message. Find me on the Keto Man's Club. Alberto, E-L-B-E-R-T-O, which is not my real name, but that's what I go by. <laughs> the Berto. There's the, the only one. <laughs> okay, Jim, how about you? Uh, find me on Facebook in the Keto Man's Club. Uh, one of the admin moderators, just like uh, you two gentlemen as well. So you can hit me up there. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Jim Inman Jr. Uh, you will see a lot of uh, dog photos on there of my three labs, and uh, who knows what else, what other shenanigans you might find. Uh, but between those two, uh, track me down. And uh, just as always, very grateful for the people who are following the podcast and uh, who have uh, joined the keto man's club on facebook and lots more cool stuff to come as uh, the podcast grows absolutely um last thing is uh, a call out to our listeners we would love it if you would take the time to rate and uh give us a uh, a quick comment in the reviews uh on whatever podcast platform that you use especially the itunes one since that's kind of rated and we really want to get the word out there we really want to get more people into this circle get them uh, into the better way of life that we have found and be able to share that uh, with them as best we can. So uh, if you would rate and leave a review, that would mean a ton to us. Right. Well, guys, one last it's been parting another... shot. One last parting oh, okay. shot. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm interrupting. I'm keeping this thing going because I'm greedy. You guys all know me on the Facebook group. Yes, you know, I am who I am. I work out a lot. It, it's what I do. It, it's in my DNA, so to speak. Like, that, that's never going to change. But if there's one thing that I've learned, and I, and I really want you guys to take this to heart it, from, from this Facebook group and just watching all these guys who just fearlessly push their, put their pictures up there of, of any weight they lost, any victory they have. There's one thing I've learned that this page has taught me is that work ethic has no specific physique. There's guys out there working their asses off every single day, fighting for every little health victory. And they might not look like it, but but I notice and I appreciate it. And yeah, you, you know, you'll get there and just just keep rocking. It, there's no physique for work ethic. You guys work harder than I do, probably. Absolutely. That that's totally it it maybe it looks different probably, but it's still work all the same. And that's what we're doing. We're working for change. We're working to to be the best that we can be, which is of course what this podcast is all about well guys it's been an excellent conversation once again we will speak again soon i'm sure and until then uh again ladies who might be listening and gentlemen (laughs) have a wonderful week 
Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T-H-E-K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.